Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your coach, Jess, bringing you a magical experience to release the weight from your body and soul. I am so glad that you are here today. I'm glad I'm here today because it's Monday morning and I just woke up with like such a low energy, but I really turned it around uh, because thank God we can do that, right? Sometimes you just wake up and you don't feel like doing anything like that Bruno Mars song, (laughs) right? Um, But I typically, I love recording the podcast for you guys. Like seriously, I always say it's my second favorite thing to do. My first favorite thing is my one-on-one work with my clients. This is my second favorite thing. Um, And today I was just not feeling like doing anything and I didn't judge myself for it, just practice self-compassion. And I thought, what would give me energy? And so I'm already on my third cup of coffee, so that might have something to do with it. (laughs) But I just got done connecting with all of my one-on-one clients and that just really lifts me up because... I am always working with my new favorite clients, like just the coolest people come to me and I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of their lives and see them just transforming from the inside out. So I'm truly like living my dream over here (laughs) and what's not to be energized for about that. So I now have my uh, energy glasses on and I can finally see clearly through the filter of uh, just remembering how much I I like my life. I, I like getting to do this and I like being here with you guys today. So today's juicy topic is how to make failure impossible. Oh, I know that's such like an alluring headline, right? Wouldn't we, <laughs> wouldn't we all love that? Well, seriously, we can have that. We seriously can. And I'm going to be sharing with you guys um, how I believe that that is possible, how to actually truly make failure impossible. So today I'm like really excited, just really amped up after having such a fantastic energy shift. And so uh, a lot of times when I get excited, I just cuss a lot, you know? (laughs) So make sure that you have your headphones on or or that you're not listening to this around your kids because I'm just feeling a little uh, spicy today. And I'm going to do a little bit of preaching. And uh, so cussing and preaching to me, yeah, there's no dissonance there. Let's let's do it (laughs) because it's fun. So I come from a Christian background. I grew up going to a very conservative evangelical church. And um, one thing that was fun about that, though, is I don't know how familiar you are with this, but it was a very Pentecostal, very charismatic church as well. And that's something that I really appreciate about it because um, I really looked forward to going to church when I was a kid. I loved the music. I loved the dancing. I loved that miracles were expected, that people came with just this like expectant energy of like, God's going to show up for me. I'm going to have a transformation today. Just like, and I love that. And I have carried that through with me into what I do today in coaching others. And so I hope that you can uh, put put that on for yourself today. I'm going to have a transformation today. Today is going to be an energy shift for me. Today is going to be a belief shift for me to take on the belief that failure is impossible for me. How is this? How could this be true? All right. So I said I was going to preach today. I'm actually going to open up the Bible. <laughs> And share it here. I don't know that I've uh, that I've actually done this before on the podcast, um, but there is a passage in the Bible that is probably one of the most popular passages, and it is in First Corinthians thirteen, and this is called the love chapter, and it's commonly read at weddings. Uh, one of the most beautiful pieces of poetry ever written on the topic of love, and so it's just this timeless thing that is still read at 
weddings, even for people who aren't Christians, right? It's just considered a beautiful, true um, piece of poetry and work of art. So even if you are not a Christian um, and or if you have some hangups surrounding being a Christian, uh, I just send so much love to you because (laughs) I do too. It's complicated, right? Um, While there's so much that I appreciate about my Christian past, I've also received a ton of wounding from this and it's a journey. Um, So I hope that you can open your mind to this passage of the Bible, wherever you come from, whatever history you have behind it, and just ask yourself, not whether it's true or not, but just whether it's helpful or not. And I say that about everything. Is Forget about, is it true? Just ask yourself, is this helpful? And if it is helpful, then take it on for you. And if it's not, then just let it go. Let it go. So, Here's the passage. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, you know, there's going to be some kind of spiritual lingo in there, right? But I'm going to kind of break it down and try to make it applicable here to weight loss because that's what we're here for. That's what we're talking about. Here we go. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Hmm. That's how you make failure impossible, with love. It's that simple, but it is profound. And what I would love to posit to you today is that there are only ever two forms of energy, love and fear. Everything really eventually breaks down to these two things. And you can approach whatever goal that you're pursuing. And for you, I'm assuming that weight loss has something to do with it or pursuing um, better health, you know, more self-care. That's why you're here, right? And you could approach this goal without love (laughs) and you'll get nothing. Meaning it's meaningless. At the end of the day, at the end of life, it's totally meaningless if you did not have love, right? So let me translate this first little section here. So it's talking about if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. If I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love. If I give everything that I have to the poor and I don't have love, I gain nothing. So here is this guy, this biblical character, Paul, and he was like the most religious of the religious people. Like if anybody could brag about being the best religious person ever, (laughs) it would have been him, right? And But he's saying that one of his biggest lessons in life is that he could have all of this stuff on the outside, but on the inside, if it wasn't done with love, it's literally worthless. It's meaningless. It does not give you the desired feelings that you thought you were going to have when you're doing these things. Essentially, it's not giving you what you really want. It's missing the whole point if you don't have love. 
And so he's essentially sharing like, yo, I've done all of these things. And let me just tell you <laughs> from the other side, if you don't have love, if the motivation, if the, the rooted motivation and the energy that you're doing it with and the purpose behind it is not love, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time because I've done it and I, I'm living proof of that. I know what it is to do it with love and I know what it is to not do it with love. And it's a totally different experience. <laughs> and if I could translate this into weight loss, I would probably say something like, if I could have the thinnest, most beautiful body, but I don't have love, it's bullshit. If I had complete self-control and willpower to accomplish any goal that I want to without love, who cares, right? If I could look amazing in any outfit without love, it's worthless. If I could actually lose 100 pounds or if I could reach my goal weight, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Nothing. You're not going to get what you want out of the experience if you don't have love. And so many of us are approaching our weight loss journey without love. It's not from love. It's from fear. It's the energy of lack. I am not good enough until. I will love myself when. I'm not worthy until. I can't be happy until. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't have value until. And I'm punishing myself until, and then I will feel good. That's the opposite of love. And it's not necessarily even hating yourself. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. And so even this part of you that is trying to motivate you with this fear, it's not a bad part of you. It's a good part of you. I truly believe that all parts of us are good. And this is a protective part of you. And this protective part of you has somehow learned along the way that fear is an effective motivator to an extent, right? A lot of people are motivated by fear. Fear actually can push you to take drastic changes in your life. But it's only at the level of changing your behavior. It's not at the level of changing your inner experience of yourself and of your world. So for example, some people will get you know, their blood work back and have this, the shit scared out of them, right? And it will motivate you to actually change your diet, but it's out of fear. Oh my God, I'm going to die if I don't do something. Oh my God, I'm not going to be around for my kids if I don't do something. Oh my God, you know, I'm going to wind up just like my mother or just like my father if I don't do something, right? And it does actually motivate you to action. But what is the energy? What is the energizing spirit of all of that? And how does it impact your experience day to day to day? It's always about fear. It's a, I'm fearing if I eat that thing, what it's going to do to me. I'm fearing, you know, if I don't lose weight, what's going to happen? And so usually when fear is the motivation, then control, very strict control is the strategy, right? But there's always an alternative to fear. It's to shift from fear into love. And both of these things can be present in your journey. I don't think that you will ever completely get rid of fear. It's just kind of a natural part of being human. And so I don't, I don't think it's realistic. That's like saying you're never going to emotionally eat ever again for the rest of your life, right? Like, let's not make that the goal, right? We don't want to make it the goal that fear is completely gone forever and ever and ever because sometimes it does serve a valuable purpose and you can be grateful for that. But fear can sit in the car with you, but it's not the one driving the car, right? That love would be actually driving the car 
and that fear is a passenger, right? Love is actually the one um, steering, <laughs> steering the ship here and is the energizing spirit of the experience. And it won't be 100% of the time, but the goal would be that whenever you do notice that fear is the energizing spirit of whatever is happening, that you could, first of all, be aware of it, and then second of all, consciously choose to make that shift. And you actually do have the power to be able to do that at any given time within you. It's not always easy, but it is always possible because love is literally what you're made of. Love is always available to you in in infinite form. It's always abundantly available to you. It's just kind of like um, you're a, a radio and you are tuned into the frequency of fear. And all you have to do is change the dial and then you will tune into the frequency of love. It's always in the airwaves surrounding you all the time. It's not far away from you. You don't need to go towards it. You don't need to pull it in towards you. It's literally in the air that you breathe, but you're not detecting it because you're not tuned into that frequency. You're currently tuned into the frequency of fear. So it is possible to actually make that shift. I want to switch gears for just a second and talk about what even is failure, right? So we've, we've read this beautiful, beautiful verse, um, and it ends with love never fails. And so I'm saying, okay, well, this is how you make failure impossible with love by letting love be the energizing spirit of what you're doing as much as possible, as often as possible. And whenever you notice that you are out of that alignment, that you would make the shift back to love and then therefore love never fails. So failure is impossible as long as you are doing it with love. So, but what is failure? Another, um, another translation here, there's multiple translations because uh, this passage was originally written in Greek, right? The Bible is not written in English (laughs) originally. So it was written in Greek and lots of different people have taken on different uh, ways to translate it. Whenever you're translating something from one language to another, there's going to be various ways to say it because some things just don't directly translate, right? Um, But another way to say this is love never gives up. So I would say to you, the only way that you could possibly fail is if you actually give up but love never gives up. It's impossible for love to give up because love is the ground of our being. Love is the ultimate reality. If you believe in God, God is love. And we're made in God's image, so we are love, right? Love is literally reality and fear is an illusion uh, that is based in separateness and, and so therefore protection because if we're separate, then other things are threatening to us. It would be like one wave of the ocean being threatened by another wave of the ocean. (laughs) And that's like the illusion of fear, right? But we can't, how can it be threatening? We're all the ocean. There's nothing to protect yourself from. Everything is love. Hmm. But nonetheless, it is a very persistent illusion as part of the human experience. Love never gives up because to give up would mean to cease to exist. God can't cease to exist. You can't cease to exist. The energy of love cannot cease to exist. It's impossible for love to give up. It's just always there in infinity. And so the way to not fail is to not give up. The way to not give up is to realize that you are love and to tap into that frequency, to adjust the radio dial, to let that be the energizing spirit and to be the experience of whatever it is 
that you're pursuing. So what is failure? I would just, for me, I would just say failure is giving up. That's it. But I know a lot of people might define it differently. So maybe you might think of failure as things did not go the way that I thought that they would go. That's valid, right? Um, And maybe sometimes changing your language can really help. So if failure is like a really big trigger word for you, because probably childhood conditioning, what else? (laughs) Um, If that's a big trigger word for you, maybe call it something different. Because really, um, if things didn't go the way that you thought that they were going to go, like, okay, that's disappointing, right? That's disappointment for sure, for sure. Um, Good hypothesis, good guess. Uh, We don't know what we don't know, right? It's like running a constant science experiment. And you're always getting this beautiful feedback from reality (laughs) of what works and what doesn't work. It's always giving truth back to you. Okay, good guess, babe. That was a really good try, but that isn't actually working, right? And if we just looked at it like that, instead of as failure, like, and so failure, essentially, what I'm saying is it becomes dirty pain instead of clean pain. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to my episode called Clean Pain, Dirty Pain. I can't remember the episode number, but that's that's what it's called. Just scroll back a little bit. Clean Pain, Dirty Pain. And so just if you didn't get a chance to listen to that yet, definitely go do it. But essentially clean pain is the kind of pain that is just built into the human experiment, uh, experience, <laughs> experiment, that's true too. Um, the human experience it's inescapable that we're all going to feel some forms of pain in our life. And disappointment is one of those types of pain. Unmet expectations is one of those types of pain. Things didn't go the way that I thought they were going to go. Uh, Experiencing the gap between where you are and where you wish you were, that is clean pain. It's frustrating. Frustration is clean pain, right? Um, It can be... um, Clean pain is essentially just normal, natural human emotion based off of universal human experience that we all go through. Dirty pain is the story that we layer on top of it, the meaning that we assign to it, usually the meaning about ourselves that is rooted in blame and shame. And so failure would not be a trigger word. It it, it would have no power over you. No, there's nothing to fear if you weren't making it mean something horrible about you, right? It's, it's the story that is attached to what failure is. Otherwise, we look at these great you know, inventors like Thomas Edison or Ben Franklin or whatever, and you can read the accounts you know, in our, um, our history books of like how many times they quote unquote failed, meaning their experiment did not go the way that they thought it was gonna go until finally it did. And they came up with some of the greatest inventions of all time, right? Failure to them, they had to have become desensitized to it, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept going. They would have given up. But they had to have maybe grown a thicker skin or maybe just been some of these unicorn people (laughs) that didn't have such intense conditioning around failure that they were able to separate uh, things not going the way they thought they were gonna go from it meaning anything about them as a person, right? Clearly, in order to keep going, you can't make failure mean that you are bad, or you are stupid, or you are foolish, or you have no self-control, or you are powerless, whatever it is that you're assigning as meaning about you 
to the experience of failure. You started a a diet plan. (laughs) It did not go the way that you thought it was going to go. And then what are you making it mean about yourself? You had a whole week of sticking consistently to the strategies that you were, uh, that you decided to follow and it did not yield the expected result on the scale. And you look at that as failure, right? If it was just clean pain, that'd be fine, right? It didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. Hmm, interesting. Then we could show curiosity about the strategy or some other variable in our circumstances, even if it's like inside our physical body, like, oh, what time of the month is it? Uh, did I have a bowel movement lately? How late did I eat last night? Am I stressed? How was my sleep last night? Right? Like, I don't mean uh, that to say you're not making it mean something about you. Sure, those things are about your physiology. I'm talking about your character. I'm talking about your soul, your personhood, right? You're blaming that, and that's dirty pain. You're saying, like, I'm just broken. Nothing ever works out for me. Why even try? My DNA is determining my destiny. My body is fighting me. Like whatever it is that you're making it mean about you or I'm, I'm a failure, I'm worthless, I'm undisciplined, I'm whatever it is that you're assigning about you. That's really what, um, what we're talking about here with failure. It's the meaning that you're assigning to it. And these things are the opposite of love. You would never say those things to anybody else that you love. And yet, here it is in your own mind. And remember, this is not um, even this is not even a bad part of you. This is something that you learned as a way to help you survive. Sometimes it sounds like the voice of the authority figures in your life, right? But ultimately, even these things are trying to protect you. Blaming it on yourself is trying to protect you from future pain by saying um, this is a permanent issue. It's unchangeable. So stop trying because the more you try, the more pain you're going to be in. That's a protective mechanism, but it is a lie, right? And it's not love. It's fear, the opposites of each other. And so in order to not fail, to make failure impossible, we have to be rooted in love. And love is never going to blame you and love is never going to shame you. Let's look back at 1 Corinthians 13 after we're talking about this whole section of like, you could have all these things on the outside, right? You could get to your goal weight. You could get, you could have all the self-discipline in the world. If you don't have love, it's pointless. Not only is it pointless at the end of your life, but it's pointless in the moment because I promise you, it's not gonna give you the desired experience that you're looking for. I've done that. (laughs) I've reached my goal weight and still you you move the goalpost. I don't feel how I thought I would feel. My body doesn't look the way that I thought it would look. Really? Or is it just that your your vision hasn't changed of yourself? Your filter, your brain's filter of yourself hasn't changed. You still see yourself. I've struggled with body dysmorphia for way longer than I struggled with being overweight. Yeah. So after we're talking about how you could have all this stuff on the outside, but if you don't have love, it's pointless. Then it goes on. This is usually this, the passage that's read at weddings here. And it says, love is patient love is kind. Man, are you, are you patient with yourself in this journey? Are you kind to yourself in this journey? It does not envy. Oh, comparing yourself to other people. <laughs> That's not love, right? <sighs> it's not easily angered. Mm. We get so pissed off at ourselves so quickly. We fly off the handle, don't we? 
Yeah. Or angry, angry at the scale. Oh my God. Can't even tell you how many times I've wanted to throw the scale across the room. How many times I've just <laughs> yelled fuck <laughs> on the scale. What the fuck? You know, just so angry. It keeps no record of wrongs. This is a big one, a big one. You've got a running record of all of your wrongs, of all of your mistakes, of all of your failures. <laughs> Some of them are even in your card manager log, right? Or your MyFitnessPal log. Who cares about that? Would it help you to just go delete that shit and start over again? Do it. Do it. Whatever it takes to actually make you feel like you're not keeping a record of wrongs for yourself. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay. So how do you actually make the shift then? Right? You're like, oh yeah, Jess, that sounds really, really nice. (laughs) But how do I actually do that? How do I actually change my experience, the energizing spirit of this, of this goal. How do I actually love myself? How do I shift into that energy? Okay. So what does fear feel like in your body? And then what does love feel like in your body? So I think the first, the first way that I would answer that is to be able to, how do you make the shift from fear to love is first of all, to know the difference of how it feels when you're experiencing it. Because for so many of us, um, we haven't actually spent enough time being aware of and experiencing love for ourselves when we're feeling it, right? We might know what it feels like for somebody else, um, but like self-love, what's that? Sounds nice. Sounds like a <laughs> foreign, for, completely foreign experience, right? And I have so much empathy and compassion for you because I spent most of my life feeling that same exact way about my body. But what does fear feel like in your body? Probably very familiar, right? But to actually think about it, and I mean in your body, what are the physiological sensations of when you feel fear? So take some time, pause the podcast, recall a moment of fear, whatever that is for you, and what did it feel like physiologically inside of your body? Maybe your heart is racing, maybe your throat gets tight. Maybe your whole body tenses up. Maybe your stomach hurts. You know, whatever it is, it might manifest differently for different people. And then I want you to actually think about what love feels like in your body. Pause the podcast. Think about a moment of just the most pure love that you've ever felt in your life. For me, I think about my daughter. I think about her being (laughs) not even a year old bouncing in one of those little bounceroo things with just the little music and messing around with the little uh, toys on the front and just hop, hop, hopping along her face. Her mouth is wide open with glee. And I just think about that because that feels like pure love to me, right? You take a moment, pause the podcast. What is it for you? A moment of just pure love. And what does that actually feel like in your body? To me, it feels expansive. It feels like calm, peace. My whole body is relaxed. My stance is wide open. I have a big smile on my face. My heart almost feels full, bubbling over inside. Mm. And so to learn to be able to detect the difference in your body, essentially, usually it feels like 
either contracting, fear, fear feels contracting, and love feels expansive. So that whenever you're having an experience in your body surrounding your journey with your weight, maybe you're trying to decide what to eat, maybe you're meal prepping for the week, maybe you just stepped on the scale, whatever it happens to be, somebody invites you out, and what is the sensation in your body? Is it fear or is it love? Does your body feel contracted or does it feel expansive? And then once you've realized, okay, I am in a fear state right now. I'm anxious about going out to eat because I don't know what's going to be available. I don't know, uh, is it going to throw me off? Whatever happens to be, right? So here's a very helpful, really simple physical thing that I do. It's physical and and mental. Mental? (laughs) Mental. Okay. So it's physical and mental. This is how I redirect my thoughts. And what I do is I say to myself, I don't choose that. And I do something physical at the same time. So it depends on where I am. But if I'm at home, I will literally like, if I'm home by myself and it doesn't matter who sees me, like I will literally like shake my body, shake my face, almost like Kevin from Home Alone <laughs> after he gets up from a fall. And he's like, you know, like uh, imagine me shaking my face back and forth really, really fast. And the jowls of your cheeks are just spinning out, right? Like shake it off and say, I don't choose that, right? Or shake your... Uh, shake your hips, shake your arms out, you know, shake your legs off in front of you, almost like you're kicking it off of you, whatever it might be, and say, I don't choose that. Um, sometimes if I can't do that because I'm um, somewhere where that's just not really feasible to do, I will just uh, put my finger in the center of my forehead and kind of tap it a couple of times. I'm doing it right now. Imagine me doing it. <laughs> and I say to myself, I don't choose that. Right. And it's just some kind of pairing a physical movement with this mental um, rewiring of saying, I don't choose that. This is how you're going to redirect your thought. And so try to, whatever it is that you're feeling, start with, I'm afraid that, you know, and, and fill it in. And then try to replace it with, I love myself enough too. Okay. So I'm afraid that if I eat that, I'll lose control. Okay shift from fear to love. I love myself enough to not put myself in that position, right? And so you could be doing the same thing, which is choosing not to eat that food, right? But if you're doing it with the energizing spirit of fear, I'm afraid that if I eat that, I'll lose control. It's probably also got some dirty pain associated with it because I'm an out of control person or I am weak or I am undisciplined or just whatever it happens to be, right? But if I love myself enough to not put myself in that position, it's just a completely different experience, right? Treat yourself the same way that you would treat your child, right? You wouldn't leave your child with just an unlimited bag of chips in front of them, (laughs) would you? Not often, at least. Maybe if you just want them to get out of your face for a little while, we've all been there. You would never give your child just like this like, uh, you know, huge uh, family-sized bag of M&Ms right? And somehow just be like, oh yeah, they're fine. They'll stop when they're, when they know it's enough for them. No, because it's not them. It's the food, right? And you, you have enough sense to know that about your kid, right? But for you, you're like, oh, I just lack, I lack willpower. There's something wrong with me. I'm, I'm just terminally fucked up, you know? (laughs) It's so ridiculous that we would treat other people with love, and not assign it to their personhood or make it mean anything about them. But that's what we do with ourselves, 
right? So whenever you're noticing, again, you're noticing it in your body. Okay. I've got the energy of fear. I'm very contracted, right? And I, I, I want to control because usually that's the, that's the response to fear. Um, try to, again, just notice it. Say, I don't choose that. Pair it with something physical and then try to fill, fill this in. I'm afraid that and fill it in. And then I love myself enough. Fill it in to do this or to not do this or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. It's kind of the best advice I have for you at this point, but it really, it really does work. You're not going to get it perfect, right? But it's a practice. And the more you practice it, you will get better and better and better at it. Another suggestion that I have for you in your experience of your weight loss journey, shifting from fear to love is to love what is. And that's what love always does. Love is without condition, without any limit. And so therefore, love always loves things exactly as they are. When you really love your child, you love them exactly as they are. Even if there are things that you wish were different, right? It does not at all withhold love. And in fact, you know that the more you love, the more likely things will actually change from the inside out. Remember, we talked about fear and love both being motivating factors, but what fear does is it only changes the outward behavior and it usually is very, it's only temporary because fear is always contracting, meaning it's, it's, uh, it is shrinking all the time and it's going to run out, right? The, the, the motivation of fear will run out because it's always a contracting experience. Meanwhile, love is infinite. It never runs out. It's always an expanding energy. And so that's actually how you change things from the inside out permanently is only through the energy of love. And you know this is true with your kids, right? And so you try <laughs> your best. And I know that we, we constantly rely on fear as a motivator with our kids until we're like, well, this isn't fucking working. You know? And then we're like, mm, maybe I should have like a heart-to-heart conversation with them and ask them what's really going on or whatever it might be. You, you eventually come to your senses. Come to your senses right now with yourself right? This is not working. This energizing spirit of fear, it's only temporary. It's only surface level. And it's arguing with what is. It's arguing with reality. Because love is reality. Love doesn't argue with reality. Love is reality. I know I'm sounding very metaphysical right now. So what, what the hell do I mean by this? Okay. So your body as it is right now, the size that it is, the shape that it is, the condition that it is, right? Loving what is, is the opposite of arguing with reality. So how we got here, right? That we could love how we got here instead of hating how we got here, that we could somehow appreciate how we got here. Love, you don't have to love how your body looks, right? But maybe you could say, I love my body for being wise enough to realize that I've been in this survival mode. I've been in fight or flight for so long. My body is interpreting this emotional stress as physical danger and trying to keep me alive by storing fat on my body. That's a really fucking smart thing for my body to do. And I love that. Thank you, body. Right? Like that you could shift into that love and appreciation. Okay? Um, another one is sometimes we uh, compare ourselves to other people, right? 
Love does not envy, remember? But we compare ourselves to other people and we say, it's not fair that other people can eat, fill in the blank, and every time I do, I feel like shit or I gain weight or whatever it happens to be. Or even, I used to be able to eat X, Y, Z, and now every time I do, I gain weight or I feel like shit or, and we have this experience of it's not fair. We resent our body for it, okay? Shifting into love would be like, hmm, I love that my body is always speaking the truth to me, even when I, when I want to be in denial about it. <laughs> Your body is literally speaking back to you saying, I don't want this shit in my body. This is not good for us. <laughs> And you know that on some level, but you want to ignore it when it comes time to wanting to eat what you want to eat, right? You've got enough feedback over the years of like, oh God, every time I eat this, here's how I physically feel, but it tastes good and I want it. I want the momentary pleasure, you know, yada, yada, yada. And your body has a higher standard for you than your mind does. And that you could love that, that you could be like, my body is so wise and I love my body for having a higher standard for me than I often consciously hold for myself, right? It's good. It's good. Your body is not fighting you. It's serving you. Your body has not been fighting you by putting on this weight. It has been serving you because it is very intelligent and it has interpreted your situation as being a reason to put on weight because to keep you, to, to help you survive. Right? It's very smart. It's a very good thing that your body has responded appropriately to the overabundance of, of nutrition that you have taken in and it's saving it for later. And or if your body has been resistant to weight loss efforts, usually efforts that are too extreme to serve, to serve you well, it interprets the stress of that very wisely as I am not safe enough to release this weight. There's a, a famine going on. Better, better hold on to this, right? Your body is always serving you. It's not fighting you. And that you could love what is. That's what I mean by stop arguing with reality. Love doesn't argue with reality. Love is reality. Whatever reality you are in today is because of love. Your body loves you. Your body is wise. It's functioning the way that it's been created and designed intelligently to function. And then if your body is gaining weight when you're eating something and you wish that it wasn't, your body is speaking to you saying, I've risen my internal standard on behalf of both of us, <laughs> right? Your conscious mind. It's like, come on now, let's go. I've risen the standard for us. Let's, I just need you to rise up with me, right? Because your body loves you. We got to stop arguing with reality. Don't withhold love from that. That's, that's love loving you. Now all you have to do is receive it and love it back, right? Okay. Love never fails. That's how you make failure impossible is by, again, whenever you realize it, okay, I'm operating in the energy of fear right now. How can I shift from fear to love is the most powerful question that you can ask yourself at any given moment to experience transformation in that moment, but also lifelong transformation every time that you're encountering fear in your body. Ask yourself, what would it look like to shift from fear to love? Why do you lock your doors at night? Because you're afraid that somebody's going to break in? Or because you love your family enough <laughs> to take precaution 
you know, it's love, love is wise, right? And so when my daughter asked me questions about the alarm system and bad guys and so on and so forth, you know, yeah, I could teach her to be afraid of that. Oh God, that's what I was taught. (laughs) Stranger danger watching 60 minutes growing up. Oh my God, it terrified me, terrified me, right? But I don't talk to her in that way. I don't say, yeah, because we're afraid of bad guys. That's why we set the alarm every night. No, we say, because we're smart and we love our family and we love our home and we love our space that God has given us. And so we protect it by having an alarm system because love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres, right? And so it's just literally looking at it through a different lens and changing the energizing spirit of whatever you're doing. Same strategy, totally different experience because of the energizing spirit. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, Today is February 27th, uh, the day that I'm uh, recording and sharing this podcast. And if you struggle with loving yourself, I have a mindset class this month on how to actually have compassion for yourself. It's called Compassion for Your Coping. And if that was resonating you when I was talking about that, like where you are today actually is a result of your body loving you. And that you could bring your conscious mind up to speed with that to actually have compassion for all the ways in which you using food, even as an emotional coping tool, that that has actually served you. Because to actually let something go, you have to love it first. And this class is all about that. You'll love it. (laughs) To get your hands on that class, it's $22. Go to bit.ly slash self-care keto class. You can grab the link in the show notes. And if you are ready to approach your weight loss journey completely differently from the energizing spirit of love to actually enjoy your weight loss journey and not just to see the external desired results, which we know is worthless, meaningless, nothing if you have not love (laughs) and you want to change that and you need some help with that, I can help you with that. I can definitely help you with that. All of my clients, go to my website, theketofit.com. You can read all the testimonials there. That's exactly what you're going to see, is that the energizing spirit of the experience was exactly that. And that's the most powerful shift. So many of my clients, they tell me, in a matter of a couple of weeks, not 100 pounds lost, 50 pounds lost, 20 pounds lost, whatever. It's whatever in a couple of weeks. They say, I'm no longer disgusted with my body. How is that possible? You would think when you're looking at your body, you're like, the problem is my body, right? And in order for me to stop feeling disgusted with my body, it needs to be drastically different, right? In order for me to no longer feel disgust. That's not true because I see it happen all the time. In a couple of short weeks of just you making some very powerful mindset shifts and it naturally flowing out into how you're taking care of yourself through what you're eating, you will no longer feel self-disgust because you no longer have the energizing spirit of fear. You have the energizing spirit of love. It completely changes your experience, even though maybe you've done it a million times and you reached X weight on the scale and it just still wasn't good enough. And now you're doing it with the energy of love and it feels expansive. It feels hopeful. Mm. 
I can help you with that. I can help you with that. And I would love to be a part of your journey. So if you're interested in doing some deeper one-on-one coaching, head on over to my website, theketofit.com and put in a request for a free curiosity call. And we'll do a Zoom session within the next week. I would love to meet you, hear your story, talk about more, how I can help you and give you some more details on all of that. Whether you decide to move forward with coaching or not, I am not pressury, not salesy. Of course, I want to work with you. I want to help you. Um, but you know, whether you decide to move forward or not, you're going to get some great takeaways from that conversation, either a mindset shift that you needed to make, a strategy shift that you needed to make. I will definitely help you with that in our curiosity call together. And the last thing that I want to share with you guys is that I actually have an online course as well. If one-on-one coaching just isn't doable for you right now, this is exactly why I created this course, because I really wanted to bring this to as many people as I possibly could. And so this is called the Self-Care Keto Mindset Masterclass, and it's got 10 of the most powerful mindset exercises that I have done with my weight loss clients over the last gosh, over five years now that I've been working as a coach. And it will completely transform your relationship with food and weight and body image. And if you head on over to theketofit.com slash mindset, you'll get all the details on exactly what is inside of the course. It is lifetime access and even to future uh, resources that I add to the course. And you'll be able to read some testimonials over there as well about what people have shared about how that course has really helped them. This is essentially a self-coaching tool. So instead of working with me one-on-one, I'm giving you the tools that I would give to you in one-on-one. I just won't be there to mirror back to you and go deep and help you with the blind spots and help you with the accountability and so on and so forth. But it is still such a powerful resource that I would love for you to get your hands on. And uh, you can check that out over at theketofit.com slash mindset. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And I will be back with you all next week.